Blog Talk Radio. Pastor Steve Lee, and I'll be your host for the next hour or so. And if you're listening to us via the simulcast uh, during the 9 o'clock to 11 o'clock time slot here on Monday evenings, we are so glad to have you. And because the Lord is moving in a mighty way, it's my pleasure to let you know that you can also hear live deliverance broadcasts on Facebook at facebook.com backslash events backslash www.blogtalkradio.liveDeliverance.com. Also on uh, <clears throat> Apple Podcasts at podcast.apple.com backslash US. And on Player FM Series <clears throat> at player.fm series live backslash deliverance. As the Lord is releasing his glory all over the world, we would like to ask you to get involved with this ministry and invite some of your friends, <clears throat> your family members, or coworkers, and they can come and listen and be blessed. Don't forget that tonight's ministry will be available for you about 10 minutes after the broadcast. So just go to the website, livedeliverance.com, look for Pastor Steve Lee and the date of that broadcast. And having said all that, if you go ahead and get a pen and some paper, so that if you have any questions or comments about the ministry tonight, when we get to the end of the broadcast, I'll give you an opportunity to ask those questions or make those comments. And please know that I'm only here because of what the Lord said in Ephesians chapter 4, verses 11 through 16. And he gave some apostles, some prophets, some evangelists, some pastors and teachers for the perfecting of the saints and for the work of the ministry, excuse me, for the edifying of the body of Christ, till we all come into the measure of the stature of the fullness of Christ, 
that we henceforth no more be no more children tossed to and fro, carried about by every wind of doctrine, by the slight of men, and by cunning craftiness, whereby they lay in wait to deceive. But speaking the truth in love, that we may grow up in all things, even into Christ the head, of whom the whole body is fitly joined together and compacted by that which every joint supplies, according to the effectual working of the measure of every part, and makes increase of the body to the edifying of itself in love. So now, having said all that, uh, we can get down to the kingdom business. So if you would, join me in a word of prayer as we sanctify our time together. Father, I ask you to speak to me so that I can hear. Awaken me the mind of Christ. Open my eyes that I might behold wondrous things out of your word. Breathe on me so that I can speak. That the words of my mouth and the meditations of my heart be acceptable in thy sight. Flow through me and cause me to move by your spirit. Let healing and deliverance break forth in this place, in this time, because of your word, because of your spirit, because of your love. Live big in me, and I decrease so that you can increase. Holy Spirit, glorify Jesus in my life as I now share the living word, the bread of life. Jesus revealed to us the Father and draws into his presence where there is fullness of joy. Heavenly Father, quiet our hearts and minds as we allow the peace of God to rule in our lives. Cause the grace of God that has appeared to all men show us how to live in this present world. May you uh, wake us to righteousness that we slumber no more as we sojourn in the land of promise, <clears throat> going from faith to faith and from glory to glory. For you made us more than conquerors in this life through Christ Jesus. So speak to our spirits and birth victory in our hearts and in our minds. In Jesus' name, I pray. <clears throat> well, beloved, this is part three of Seeing Then. And I just want to kind of think about some things because we we sometimes go after um, the things that are going wrong with the wrong heart or position position of faith. And so then uh, with that being said, we we kind of mess up the thing that God wants to do uh, with our lives. He wants us to be able to enjoy good. So I want you to be looking from the right perspective. That's why we said seeing then. Hebrews chapter 4, verse 12 to 16, it reads thusly. For the word of God is quick and powerful and sharper than any two-edged sword, piercing even to the divine and sunder of soul and spirit and of the joints and marrow, and is a discerner of thoughts and intents of the heart. Neither is there any creature that is not manifest in his sight. But all things are open unto him to whom we have to do. Seeing then that we have a great high priest that is passed into the heavens, Jesus, the Son of God, let us hold fast our profession. For we have not a high priest that cannot be touched with the feelings of our infirmities, but was in all points tempted as we are, yet without sin. So one of the things that he said, because the, the, the title came from what he just said, seeing then that we have a great high priest. And I want you to know some things uh, uh, about the high priest 
that, that he has. Um, the Hebrew word for the word priest is kohen. And it states that his job, the job of the priest, was to reveal the heart of the yes. And that just blessed me, to reveal the heart of the yes. God wants us to enjoy good. All of the promises of God are yes, and in him they are amen to the glory of God by us. Our job is to see things properly, and then by what we see according to his word, move and live. Because we're supposed to move and live and have our being in him. So we should start that way. We should then end that way because that's our victory. You know, I said the other day, I was talking to my my granddaughter, and I made a, a, a point of seeing then that we have this power, this availability. All of our life, our steps have been ordered of the Lord. That would tell me that our victory is also ordered by those same steps, by the word of God that is settled in heaven and is waiting on us for to agree with what he said. So the, the job of the priest is to reveal the heart of the yes. The, the, the Hebrew letter kaf means the, the palm of the hand. The release of the blessing through the laying on of hands. That's good to know that the impartation that that God has set in motion way back from the very beginning. In in Genesis chapter 48, um, verses 17 to 20. This is where we can see the principle of the laying on of hands. It says that in verse 17, it says, And when Joseph saw his father, that he laid his hand upon the hand of Ephraim, it displeased him. And so he held up his father's hand to remove it from Ephraim's head and to put it on Manasseh's head. And Joseph said to his father, No, it's not so, my father, but this is my firstborn. Put thy right hand on his head. And uh, his father said, and refused and said, I know it, son, but he shall become a people, and he shall also be great. But truly his younger brother shall be greater than he, and his seed shall become a multitude of nations. And then he blessed him that day, saying, In thee shall Israel Bless God make thee as Ephraim and as Manasseh. And he set Ephraim and Manasseh before him. See, the impartation or the ability to receive, to walk in victory. The end of that in Hebrews chapter 4, it says that we're supposed to do something. We're supposed to come boldly before the throne of grace that we may obtain mercy and find grace to help in the time of need. The father was blessing his grandchildren as they came in a, he was in a seated position. 
So then we should come boldly to the throne of grace, expecting the hand of God to come upon us, expecting the move of God to be seen in our lives. So I just want you to begin to see from there. See from, not only see from the word of God that you inherited as a victory, but see the active part where you come to the throne. You come to the place where he's seated in a position to bless, in a position to release into your life the victory that you've been called to. You know, that, that, that's just good for us to, to see and understand that. This is what, what has been set up from the very beginning. We, we did a little study of going back to um, Genesis chapter 1, and we're getting an understanding that the Word of God created everything, and that same Word that created it controls it. Genesis uh, chapter 1, verses 1 to 3. It says, of course, you know, familiar scripture, in the beginning, God created the heaven and the earth. And the world was without form and void, and darkness was upon the face of the deep. And the spirit of the God moved upon the face of the waters, and God said, let there be. So we see here the phrase that the spirit of God moved Upon the face of the deep, the face of the waters, that he 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 was there in one one less uh, one way that it was uh, opened up to us in in one a rendition or of the Bible it says that uh, the spirit of the Lord hovered hovered he was thinking about, contemplating, and, and, and understanding what he wanted to be. And then he said what the contemplation had agreed with. He released that power by saying what he contemplated. You have the same ability because the earth is still operating by words of faith that are released out of our mouth because our spirit has agreed with what we have understood from the word of God, the word of God that settled, forever settled in the heavens. And when we go and, and, and agree with that word, activate that word in our heart, then we can speak it into existence. So he said, one, one other translation uh, said something. These are just good things for you to, to know. He said, when he said light, let there be light, in the original Hebrew it said, me be. What's on the inside manifests on the outside. Okay, God, heaven operates by God's thoughts, and so earth, the earth still operates by those thoughts, by those words. <clears throat> but what we need to do is understand, you know, some of the process. This is what we say in, in, in Mark uh, chapter 7, if you would just go there in your Bibles. And we're going to have a whole lot of uh, 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 studies here today, you know. So prepare to have on your, your gospel shoes because we're going to kind of uh, move quickly 
over some of these things so that we can see them and, and, and then go back and enjoy what he said to us. Live it out. Walk it out. Okay? <laughs> this is the breakfast of champions right here, the word of God. <laughs> Excuse me. And so um, in Mark chapter 7, verses 14 through 23, and Jesus is again teaching, and he called the people unto him, and he said, listen, hearken unto me and do something. Understand. Okay? Because a lot of times we think that things that we um, – <sighs> Things that we did have more power than the word of God. But the, the, the crux of the matter is where is your heart? That's what Jesus is going to talk about here. Because they were talking about um, the disciples were, were eating with unwashed hands. And they say, because you did that, then your life is going to be all messed up uh, because of that. See, God is trying to show us that that has very little impact. Yes, it does have some, but very little. Watch what he says. He says, here, listen to me, and all of you, and understand. For there is nothing from without a man entering into him can defile him. But the things which come out of him, those are they which defile the man. Then he says again, I need for you to hear this. If any man has ears, let him hear. And when he had entered into the house from the people, his disciples asked him and said, what are you talking about, Jesus? And he said, are you also without understanding? Do you not perceive that whatsoever thing from without entering to a man, it cannot defile him? Because it entered not into the heart, but into the belly. And it goes out into the draft, purging all these. And then he said clearly, that which cometh out of the man defileth the man. For from within, out of the heart of men, proceeds evil thoughts, adulteries, fornications, murders, thefts, covetousness, wickedness, deceit lasciviousness, an evil eye, blasphemy, pride, foolishness. All of these things come from within, and they defile the man. So we need to really check what's going into our heart and find the path how we got in there. Because, you know, what you meditate on, what you contemplate on, that's what you're going to produce. Remember, God, the Spirit of the Lord, hovered over all of this darkness that was void, that was without form. And then that which was on the inside of him, he said, light be, me be. That's the way we were designed to function. So I, you know, sometimes, and he said that the things that proceed out of the heart, evil thoughts, we didn't bring the thought into captivity. We just let it kind of fester there. 
And he said that evil thought is going to come out. And the way it's manifested is going to be in adulteries, fornications, murders. And, you know, it's interesting that he explained that murders don't just happen by your hands. They happen by what's in your heart. Evil thought that you did not put in the right perspective by the word. You know, I, I know sometimes it sounds hard to forgive somebody, but when you choose not to forgive, that evil thought is going to fester, and then it will be manifest in murders. Yeah, you know, when you choose not to forgive, you are committing murder in the spirit, in your spirit. You are taking space that should be um, that which you are going to give to God, and you're letting the devil have that place. Remember, it says that you're supposed to love the Lord your God with what? With all your heart. So if I've got this evil thought in my heart now, not in my head, see, please understand, he told us that the things that happen in your life, they come out of your heart. They Not out of your head. You concentrate on it, meditate on it over and over again, and that thing is then going to drop in your heart, drop in the place where you produce your end result, out of the heart. He says, proceeds murders, thefts. And I'm not just talking about things here, because he said we, we should owe no man anything but to love him. So when I don't release the love that God has put in my heart by his word and by his spirit for that person, then thefts have just taken place. And it's an interesting thing here that when you sow that theft into your heart, then you're going to live by that which you put in your heart. Okay? You'll be lacking the power, the strength to walk in victory because you decided to keep thinking about how you were injured. The Bible says that we are not even supposed to let the sun go down on our wrath. And here we are multiple weeks with that same evil thought festering and then producing murders, deaths, producing covetousness. Covetousness can be seen by that which you think you want, all right? So that you think that you want uh, someone to come to you and repent. It's not necessary, my beloved. They don't have to come to you and repent. You don't have to see them do that. Love believes all things. That means that by the end of the day, you should have talked to God, released that, and believed that they're going to walk in the righteousness that God wants them to walk in, 
not the righteousness that you want to see them walk in. I mean, he's talking about things that happen in your heart. He's not just talking about things that you can handle with your hands. Covetousness. See, this is a heart. He's always trying to uh, cause our heart to be tender towards him, to be able to hold his words, hold fast to his words, because out of the heart that is protected, Proverbs chapter 4, guard your heart with all diligence, for out of it are the issues of life. They flow out of that heart. And so if you did, if you had these evil thoughts and the thefts of covetousness ruled, then you're going to demand that then you're going to put people in what we call the heart prison. And the bad part about having a heart prison for somebody that has offended you is now you have to be a jailkeeper. You have to make sure that they stay in that place of your unforgiveness. I'm hoping that you, you can have a look at that. See, they, they stay, you have to guard the place that you want them to be in because you don't want to release them. I mean, you don't even know that by the time they got to the house that they said, Lord, I'm sorry. See? And if they said that and you don't release them, now you're the one that's living in that unforgiveness that field of unforgiveness. Come on, y'all. A field of unforgiveness. Wow. You're producing multiple fruits, if you would, of unforgiveness. Multiple levels of unforgiveness. Wow. See? Because when you don't forgive, the Bible calls that that root of bitterness. And in the book of Hebrews, chapter 12, it said, it will spring up. And it will trouble you. It will defile many. When this stuff happens, you start talking about what they did to you, to other people. And now what you're doing with that is you are sowing discord among the brethren. And the book of Proverbs chapter 7 says, those are things that are an abomination to God. We're not just talking about things he doesn't like anymore. These are abominations. Seeing then. So you got your eyes completely off of what the word says, and you got your eyes on flesh and blood, whom we don't wrestle with. So when you're wrestling with flesh and blood, you are wasting your time. Go and fight in the spirit where you then can win and enjoy. It says, for out of the heart of men proceed evil thoughts that manifest in adulteries, fornications, murders, thefts, covetousness, wickedness, um, wickedness, in your mind, the word wicked comes from 
of what we do. It means twisted. That's where we get our wicker furniture from. And the wicker furniture gives its strength by the twistings so that the weight of the chair that you're sitting in that's wicker, it doesn't fall because the twistings give it its strength. That's the same thing it says happens in the book of Job, that the twistings give Leviathan the strength. It says it is so knit together in its twistings that air cannot even get in there. Wow. So then not only are you trapping people in that heart prison, but the wickedness is locking you up. You can't even walk in the in the victory or in the domain that God wants you to walk in because all you have is a field of unforgiveness. That's what you get to choose from. Come on, y'all. You 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 have the bitterness and the bitterness produces that gall that has a taste that you don't want to have. And so then because you don't want to partake of it, but you don't want to forgive, now you're going to begin to even shrink in your stature. Yeah. You're not going to have the nourishment that you need. So then the fight that you shouldn't be winning, you won't even have the strength to fight. Wow. Out of these evil thoughts, it says it proceeds. Do you understand? There, it's speaking about motion there, isn't it? It proceeds out of the heart of the man. Okay, let's do it this way. It don't even want to stay there. It wants to move around and spoil and defile everything else. It proceeds. It goes to places that you haven't even gone yet. It messes up all of your steps that are ordered to enjoy good. You want to hear about a celebration, but you can't enjoy the celebration because your evil thoughts preceded you, went in front of you. And that's not what's supposed to go in front of you, beloved. The Spirit of God is what's supposed to go in front of you. It's supposed to prosper your way. Angels are supposed to go in front of you. Mm Mm-hmm and prosper or make your way easy. But the way of the transgressor is hard. Why? Because these evil thoughts proceeded him. This goes on without you even being in the presence of the person that injured you. Your your day is messed up because you partaking of that bitter, unforgiving field. This is what proceeds out of the, this is not what proceeds out of that heart that 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 is partaking of stuff that cannot bless him. I hadn't even thought about this. <clears throat> excuse me, but it wasn't even supposed to last a day. 
because the sun's not supposed to go down on your wrath. But you keep it, and it wasn't even supposed to last a day. I mean, I hope you saw that. You were supposed to be able to enjoy good at the hand of God on the next day, but because this, you wouldn't let go of it, something that wasn't even supposed to be in there for a day. You've messed up your future. Proceeded thefts, covetousness, wickedness, deceit. Man, I'm, I'm, I can't even get out of, out of this verse, y'all. This is just the foundation, but, I mean, there's so much meat right here. It says that what's going to end up is you're going to end up in deceit. So you're no longer walking in truth. And God says, I have no greater joy than to know that my children walk in truth. But you can't do that. You're going to walk in deceit, self-deception, and the deceit for other people. Wow. Because when you function with these evil thoughts that proceed in that place of unforgiveness, you are blaming somebody else for your fruit. You're the one that has this field of bitterness. Wow, wow, look at this. It says that this is what proceeds. Deceit. I mean, you're going to go in the presence of other people, and, <laughs> and you can you can almost feel that that lie formulated in your mouth <laughs> because you you don't have the protection. Come on, y'all, you don't have the protection of God. You don't have the protection of God, and you don't have the strength to win with something that wasn't even supposed to make it to the end of the day. Oh, my Lord. He says deceit is is what's going to come out. Lasciviousness. No self-control. And because you don't have any self-control, then pride is just going to eat all of your lunch. Because where there is Indian strife, there is confusion and every evil work. Strife. Okay? Because you're choosing not to capture those thoughts. It says not only is that seeing then, that's how we got here. What are you seeing? From what perspective are you seeing? He says if you have the bad things in your heart, then you're going to end up with an evil eye. Wow. It says in in, in Jeremiah uh, 17, it says that you won't even see when good cometh. You, You won't even see good. Everything would be presented to you as not enough. See? Because you have decided that you want to see from the injury rather than seeing from what your high priest did, the one that's supposed to reveal to you the heart of the yet. You won't even see it. 
I mean, look at how bad this gets. Blasphemy. Wow. The, the, the devil has duped you so bad, you don't even see the condition of your heart when you start blaspheming, speaking against God, speaking against that which is holy, having a thought that says the word doesn't work. The word doesn't function for me. When God has sent you a word to heal and to deliver, excuse me, he sent a word and healed and delivered. And I, I've got to retrain my thinking because it's not to do it. He sent it and did it. That's what it says. Psalms 107 verse 20. He sent his word and delivered them. See? So, again, that's putting you on the wrong side of the promise. You're on the side of the promise that's now pushing lust. Because remember, you ask and receive not because you ask amiss that you may consume it upon your lust. See? You, you have a heart that has allowed all of the putrefaction to take place. Bad stuff in it everywhere, messing up everything. When you could just simply choose to forgive, choose to love. Because when you choose to love, love never fails. Amen. So, I mean, look at the process here. It says... <laughs> You, you you function in pride, and now God resists the proud. Even if you could find a way to getting to the stuff that's supposed to be in your life, God has to resist you because of the pride. And then because pride is ruling, you function in foolishness. Wow. I mean, really, with that going on, you become a self-check, as we said in the basketball. You you don't have to worry about checking this player. He can't do nothing. He's a self-checker. His shots don't even reach the, the, the rim. Forget going into the net. Self-check. The devil has convinced you that that way of thinking has some benefit for you, that it has benefit that's going to make your tomorrow better than you, you thought it would be. But it can't because you're supposed to not let the sun go down on your wrath. I mean, the grace of God is so good. Look at that. The grace of God is so good. He says, I'm going to even give you a chance at night to let it go. Don't let the sun go down on your wrath. When the sun goes down, then you have from that time to the sun comes up to get that thing right. That's the grace of God. Again, he's working with us in that condition when there is nobody else there. So that you can rest in the promise of God instead of resting in the anger of man. He says in verse 23, all of these things come from within 
and they mess the man up. They defile the man. You make it so that people don't even want to come around you. Come on, let's just think about it. Haven't you uh, come up on people that you knew was upset and, and, and are operating unforgiveness? You don't even want to go around. You don't call them on the phone unless, of course, you are one that likes gossip. This is how the devil sets us up and removes us from the place of blessing. Because God made you sit together in heavenly places with Christ Jesus. That would be the place of blessing. But you choose to function under Psalms 1 in reverse. Blessed is the man that does not sit in the seat of the scornful. That's the man that's blessed. That does not walk in the counsel of the ungodly. See? Jesus allows you to sit in heavenly places, and you come down out of that seat and sit in the counsel of the ungodly. Every word that the devil speaks is ungodly. So when he tells you not to forgive, that's the counsel of the ungodly. Or let's do it this way. You purpose not to forgive, so now you listen at yourself. And right now, that's the counsel of the ungodly. See? And then when you do that, you're going to walk the wrong way. See? You're walking, your position, your seating, and your enjoyment is messed up. All because the things that you allowed to fester in your heart that should have been gone by the end of the day. I, I, I keep referring to that because God's grace gives you an opportunity to straighten it out. See? Don't go to bed. Don't go to sleep mad and wake up mad. At least don't do that. Meditate. The blessed man, again, Psalms 1, is the one that meditates on the word with day and night. And because he does, then whatever he does is going to prosper. See, the, the, the word of God, which is released into the earth and formed the earth, is still available for you to use so that that which was formed for you, that which was made for you, can be enjoyed by you. I'm hoping that you're getting this. Okay. This, this is something that the devil duped us a long time ago. And we've been walking in the counsel of the ungodly for quite some time. I ain't going to forgive them. I ain't going to never forgive them. You can't make me forgive them. The counsel of the ungodly. We should walk in the promise of God instead of the frustration and fears that we allow the devil to guide us into, trap us with. So, again, I, the, the way 
it, it, the way that you can see it happening, that thoughts become words. Words become actions. Actions become habits. Habits become lifestyles. Lifestyles become destiny. And destiny becomes history. Okay? Again, words, thoughts become words, words become actions, actions become habits, habits become lifestyles, lifestyles become destiny, and destinies become history. Why? Because what he said in Matthew chapter 12. See, Matthew chapter 12, verse 30 through 37. He said that, that, that an evil generation says things with their mouths that, that mess them up. Because Jesus said, out of the abundance of the heart, your mouth speaks. For by your words are you justified. By your words are you condemned. You're not condemned because of what other people said. Again, out of the abundance of your heart, your mouth speaks. See? If we can get that position of thought and say, you know what? I'm going to purify my heart. I'm going to allow God to do what he wants to do in my life because I see him as the mighty God, the one that will not let his word return to him void. So that I'll say it over and over again. I'll practice it over and over again. That's what he told Joshua to do. This book of the law shall not depart out of your mouth. But you shall meditate therein. Why? For then thou shalt make thy way prosperous. Thou shalt have good success. See? So it's it's on us to, to really... Fight in the spirit so that the spirit can cause our mind to hear truth. Okay? You, you, you're not, your mind needs, has to be renewed. Has to be. That's why he told us, Romans chapter 12. He said, I beg you, please, by the mercies of God, that you would not be conformed to this world. That, that you won't be the one listening to the counsel of the ungodly. I need you to have your mind renewed. I need for you to cast down imagination and every high thing that exalts itself against the knowledge of God. The knowledge of God has the understanding of your tomorrow that is supposed to be blessed. That's contained in the knowledge of God. See? So then it would do you good not to talk to your circumstances about your future. Because your circumstances, the definition of the word circumstance is things standing against you, things circled around you, standing against you. Circumstances. 
So then we should not get information from our circumstances. They're not on your side. We've got to really agree with God and then stop allowing the devil to tell us how bad it is because of our circumstances. See, again, I need to be able to see good when it comes. See, I don't need to be rehearsing. I need to be reversing. Amen. Because if I continue to rehearse a thing, practice makes permanent. Practice does not make perfect. It makes permanent because you do it over and over and over and over again. You keep practicing it. You keep rehearsing it. And because you rehearse it, it becomes permanent. You can't see your way out. Seeing then that we have a great high priest that is touched with the feelings of our infirmities. Let us come boldly to the throne of grace and obtain mercy and find the grace that's there to help in the time of need. Use the word on yourself first. There we go, beloved. Use the word on yourself. Instead of just trying to use your word on your circumstances. Because if you use your word on yourself, then you will speak the oracles of God. Because that's what will be in your heart in abundance. Then out of the abundance of that heart, your mouth will go to declaring that which is good, that which is profitable. You'll be able to prove it. Because your mind has been renewed. Okay? This is how it's supposed to be. These are the keys that Jesus gave you. He gave you the keys of revelation. And the gates of hell cannot prevail against that. That means your circumstances are going to have to release. See? But if you're looking at the now, the hurt, instead of seeing then, because when you see then, your options become clear to you. Your path is then made straight. Remember, your steps are preordained of God, that you should walk in them. See? He really needs us to do this as we're turning the corner of the new year. Because he's been trying to get us to walk in the flow of his blessing for quite some time. It's high time that you should allow God to do what he wants to do in you so that he can do what you need done through you so that it will be done for you. That's the steps that that he wants you to walk in. Okay? See? The word that's spoken from a a place of power releases power in the earth. God's word still is sovereign. He said, let there be, and there was, 
and that which he said still is. He hasn't changed. His power has not changed. But you have to let every word be established in the mouth of two or three witnesses. Let's go there, sisters, I've just said it. Let's go to Matthew chapter 18, verses 18 through 20. See, I just quoted uh, uh, I just quoted the 16th chapter when he said he gave us the keys, revelation, that, that you should be able to bind and loose. And whatever you bind on earth is bound, and whatever you loose on earth is loosed. See? Let's go see that again in, in, in Matthew chapter 18. Literally, truly, I say unto you that whatsoever you bind on earth is bound in heaven. Whatsoever you loose on earth is loose in heaven. And again, this is not the first time I told you. I'm telling you this again. I'm telling you this afresh. I'm telling you this because you need to operate in this truth, because this truth will cause you to be able to enjoy the good. Again, I say to you that if any two shall agree on earth as touching anything that they shall ask, it shall be done for them of of my Father who is in heaven. For where two or three are gathered together in my name, there I am in the midst of them. Our, Our surrender to his will has to be the one that takes us to the place of power because he made us sit together in heavenly places in Christ Jesus. See, agreement has to take place between you and heaven so that the agreement that you and heaven have, that will then be established on the earth. It, it's, it's one of those things that the word has to be established. See? It, it can't be a word that you just visit. It has to be a word that you already know works and you want to work it again. The kingdom of heaven works on purpose. It doesn't work by accident. Grace does allow accident, but he didn't say the just shall live by grace. He said the just shall live by his faith. Grace assists you in the faith that you release. I hope you said that. I heard you heard that. I mean, grace assists you by the faith you release. You need to write that down. That was good. Grace simply assists you in the faith that you release. Paul said, I am what I am because grace is assisting me. See? That's the way it's supposed to work for us. It's a commission. Commission means two or more are helping with the mission. When you agree with heaven, we have more than two 
helping with the mission. It's a commission, not an omission. Say, let's find out what the word says and agree with the word. Commission now takes place. Jesus wants to be our partner. Mark chapter 16, verse 20. Mark chapter 16, verse 20. It says, and they went forth. <laughs> it said they didn't stay in the place of, of test and trial. They went forth. They are going to do what the commission requires. They went forth and preached everywhere. The Lord working with them and confirming the word with signs following. Commission. See, once you release the word of God, commission now is engaged. And because you are partnering with Jesus, that thing is going to be established. The gates of hell cannot prevail against it. You see how the, 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 the word that he left us is supposed to be coupled with our faith so that we can then release it unto victory. God can't do anything for you until he does something in you. So if your heart is still protecting those evil thoughts that manifest themselves in those things that you don't want to be a part of, that's why he asks us to purify your hearts, you double-minded. Clean your hands. Clean what you grab. Clean what you hold on to. See? Because faith is what we should reach for. The promise is what we should reach for. We shouldn't reach for vengeance. Vengeance doesn't belong to us. Vengeance belongs to the Lord. So when I'm practicing unforgiveness, then vengeance is what I'm seeking, and it doesn't belong to me. So now you're operating as a thief since it doesn't belong to you, and you should know that no thief will have any inheritance in the kingdom of heaven. We have to partner with God. That's a commission. Jesus wants to be, wow, and this is, this is just a, a point that's good. Jesus has always been and will always be to you a silent partner. He speaks in a still, small voice. But if you've got rage flaming in your heart, then you won't hear the silent partner. You'll hear the voice that has caused you to want to receive vengeance upon them, wrath upon them. The wrath of man does not work or employ the righteousness of God. Never has, never will. Partner with God. Allow the word to be confirmed because you preach or proclaim the word. Again, move from the circumstances into the place of blessing. And they went forth and opened their mouth and said, they preached. 
they proclaimed. And everywhere they went to preach and proclaim, the Lord was there with them, working and confirming the word. He watches over his word to perform it. His word will not return to him void, but it will prosper in the heart, in the thing where he sent it. And it will accomplish that which he pleased in the first place. He wants you to be free. He wants you to be delivered. Seeing then. See, you, you, you got Jesus, the Father, and the Holy Ghost. And a threefold cord is not quickly broken. Ecclesiastes chapter 4, verse, verse 12. The Holy Ghost is going to bring to your remembrance what Jesus said so that you can stop listening at the circumstances. See? He's going to bring all things to your remembrance, and he's going to lead you into all the truth, teach you all things, show you things to come, and then give you the power. See? That's the way it's supposed to work, the, the agreement with heaven the commission that you're supposed to be on. That allows the flow of the Holy Ghost to work. See? Because what happens is the, 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 the look at John, John chapter 17. The flow of God. You've got a triumvirate working. The Father, the Son, the Holy Ghost. Uh, the devil is one entity coming against you, and you bring three to bear against him. Come on, y'all. Look at what he says, John 17. Jesus was giving this information to his disciples. He was about to leave, and he wanted them to function in truth. He said, Father, sanctify them through thy truth. Thy word is truth. And as thou hast sent me into the world, even so, have I sent them into the world. I want them to go with truth, he said. Okay? Sanctify them through that truth. Clean their heart through your truth. And for they say, I sanctify myself, that they also may be sanctified through the truth. So Jesus said, I'm going to sanctify myself by truth to teach them to be sanctified by the truth. All right? And he says, I don't pray for these alone, but for those also which shall believe on me through their word, that they may all be one as thou, Father, art in me and I in thee, that they may also be one in us, that the world may believe that thou hast sent me. So listen at the process of sanctification. The process of cleansing continually. He said, let them know that I'm in you and you in me. There's a pouring that happens. Jesus emptied himself so that he can be filled. And so the same thing, sanctify them through thy truth. Thy word is true. So that I now sanctify myself. I use the truth so that they would know how to sanctify themselves. Truth. I empty myself so that truth then will take place 
of, of that stuff, that whatever it was that I had in there, all those evil thoughts in my heart. So I'm going to pour into the Father, and the Father's going to pour into me, and I'm going to, and then I'm going to pour into the Spirit, and the Spirit's going to pour into me. You see how it perpetually works. In the spirit world, it always goes that way. There's always this motion of cleansing, purifying, sanctifying. See? There's always. The, Jesus said, I'm on the earth, and you're pouring into me. You are cleansing me. See? So then... I would like for them to understand that process of cleansing, of sanctification. I say to the Father, I'm now going to empty anything that's not of you, and I'm asking you to use your spirit, your word, to pour into me so that I don't have empty places where the devil has set up a a blockage because of evil thoughts. that they may know, Father, that they may all be one as you are in me and I'm in you, so that they will be in us, that the world may believe that thou hast sent me. And the glory which thou gavest me, I give them, that they may be one even as we are one. I in them, thou in me, that they may be perfect in one, and that the world may know that thou hast sent me and that thou has loved me. Wow. As I have loved them. Come on, y'all. As we get rid of all those evil thoughts, we get to partake of a love that never fails. Wow. See, if I can see then, this is the process that God wants to work through my life daily. See, then I'll get about the business of doing that, of allowing him to pour in, to remove the stuff that I have said I don't want anymore. The washing of the water of the word is what allows it to then be discharged from your heart. I confess with my mouth I don't want it. I'm not in covenant with it. And then the washing of the water of the word takes place. The regeneration of the renewing of the Holy Ghost takes place. See, because then as that takes place, come on, y'all, look at it again. As that takes place in my heart, then what else happens is now I can renew my mind by the word that's in my heart. That's what David said. He said, thy word have I hid in my heart so that I will not sin against thee. Not doing actions, sin of the heart, okay, because out of the heart flows the issues of life. See, if I don't have his word, I'm going to miss my mark. That is the primary definition of the word sin, is to be without a portion. So I'm, I'm not being sealed. I'm without the portion of the word that will give me victory. I'm in the place where I think I'm going to be defeated. I expect to be defeated. I expect to be hurt. I'm without a portion of the truth. And he said, I want them to be walking in this truth. 
consumed by this truth. See, that's the flow. That's the anointing. The anointing refers to a, 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 a pouring or a rubbing. That's the filling process. The anointing is alone of resident power. The power that, that gets things done, that the Father wants done in the earth in these days. Resident power was active in Jesus. And then through the word, he got things done. The resident power that Jesus functioned in, he said stuff like this. I only did what I see the Father do. See, I and you, you and me. You remember how Adam walked with God in the cool of the day? What was happening in that time of walking with God? There was a pouring in of his spirit, a cleansing, if you would. See? So Jesus said, I don't do stuff that I think I want to do. I only do what I see my father do. Wow. So then when I do what seeing then, when I do what I see him do, everything that he did, he was able to say, that was good. That was even very good. So I do what I see my father do, and that would be Good. And then Jesus went on to say he, 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 he only did what he heard his father say. Watch this. Let's go over there to John chapter 8. John chapter 8, verses 27 to 38. He, Jesus Use this resident power. I in you and you in me. Watch. Then Jesus, verse 28, then Jesus said unto them, when you have lifted up the Son of Man, then you shall know that I am he, and that I do nothing of myself. But as the Father hath taught me, I speak these things. As the Father hath taught me, my mouth moves. I don't move my mouth because of circumstances. He was in the midst of circumstances right here because they was trying to prove that he wasn't who he said he was. Verse 27 says, they didn't understand the words that he spake to them of the Father. See, he was under challenge right then. And they were talking about and he understood it, when you have lifted up the Son of Man, when you put me on the cross, then you will understand. I'm not doing nothing of myself, but as I, the things that the Father has taught me, that's what I speak. And he that has sent me is with me. <laughs> the Father has not left me alone. See, that's something that Jesus rehearsed. The presence of God was something that he lived in. And he said, the Father has not left me alone. The one that sent me, he's here. How many times do we think because we're in a trial that God has left me? See, you got to have confidence that he that sent you to the trial is going to keep you 
in the trial and bring you out the trial. I'm not just interested in him keeping me in it. I'm interested in him delivering me. That's what he said. He sent his word and delivered me. Okay? So he said, he that sent me is with me. The Father has not left me alone. For I I do always those things that please him. What was one of the things that pleased him? Hearing the word, doing the word. Hearing the word, speaking the word. Why did he need to speak the word? Because the word needs to be in the earth. So that all these things, Jesus said, we're going to do greater works. How? By speaking the word, releasing the word in the earth. Amen. Then finding someone that's going to agree with me to release the word in the earth. And everything that we say, he says that when you ask these things of the Father, they shall be done. So we're going to need to to live in this. Allow our heart to just rest in these truths. The one he, he that sent me is with me. He has not left me alone. For I always do those things that please him. And as he spake these words, many believed on him. And then Jesus said to the ones that believed on him, if you continue in my word, then are you my disciples in what you do? He's not saying you're my disciples, yes, yes. He's saying you are my disciples in the deeds that you do. See? If you continue, the continue in the word is not a visitation. See? To continue in the word means I meditate therein. I have expectations of the good, and my expectations of the good come because I spoke what he said. Say, if you continue in my word, then are you my disciples in what you do, and you will become intimate with the truth, and the truth that you are intimate with, it will make you free. I don't care about your circumstances. Continue to be intimate with the truth. Continue to release the word of God on it, and he says that truth that you continue to be intimate with will make It didn't say set, beloved. It said it will make you free. In other words, it has no other option. Amen. See, you keep the process up. Keep it active. Remember, there has to be an active flow. You, the Father in you, and you in the Father, the Spirit in you, and you in Jesus. It's a continual pouring, cleansing, anointing, being released. See? Because you'll know, become intimate with the truth. And the truth that you are intimate with produces stuff. This intimacy that he's talking about is the same intimacy in sexual union. And sexual union produces babies. He says, if you continue in my word, then you are disciplined. That's what disciples mean. And you are disciplined in what you do. And you'll become intimate with my word, and the truth that you are intimate with will produce babies and make you free. And then they answered and said, we be Abraham's seed. We're never in bondage to any man. How sayest thou, we shall be made free? And Jesus answered, saying, verily, verily, I say unto you, 
who go, whoever commits sin is the servant of sin. Did you hear that? He said, whoever commits sin is the servant of sin. Not trying to serve me, they're the servant of sin because they're not continuing the word and then being disciplined to do the word. They're continuing in the sin because they are servants of the sin. Doubting is a sin, beloved. Fear is a sin because he said, fear not. So then if I find myself in fear, that means I have to be in sin. I'm disobeying a direct command. That was not a suggestion. He said, fear not. He knew what you was going to go through, and he said, don't fear as you go through it. Because then as you are my disciples in the truth that I so told you, then that truth will make you free. Continue in it. And he said, and a servant abideth not in the house forever. That's the good part about it. And the servant abideth not in the house forever. So your conditions that you find yourself in, and you were the servant of sin, practice releasing the truth of the gospel. And he says, because you will not stay in the house forever. But the son, the truth, the word, abides forever. And if the Son, therefore, make you free, you shall be free indeed. I know that you are Abraham's seed, but you seek to kill me because my word does not have place, residence in you. I speak with that which I've seen of my Father, and you do that which you've seen with your Father the one you're familiar with, the one that you have confidence in. If it's wicked and twisted and you say this is the way it's going to be, that twisting now gives you confidence that it's going to be that way forever. But he said, if you continue in my words, then are you disciplined by disciples in what you do? And you will be intimate with the truth, and the truth that you're intimate with will make you free. So I ask you again, your way or God's way? God's waiting on you. He wants you to give up things that didn't work in the first place and become intimate with the truth that will produce your freedom Every time, all the time, because everything in the earth still is subject to the word of God. And the earth was void and without form. And God hovered over the face of the deep. And he said, me be, light be, and it was. Your way or God's way? Father, we just bless you and we thank you for sending us your word, for causing truth to be able to endure forever so that we can always go to the truth. We can go with hearts that have been repentant 
and have been cleaned so that we can then make room for you to pour into our hearts truth that would transform. Father, we thank you that we don't have to be stuck in a condition, a circumstance, that we can allow your word to deliver, to set free. Thank you for giving us hope. And as we have that hope, then the faith that makes that hope move, that makes that hope alive, would then please you. Because without faith, it is impossible to please you. Cause us to know the truth of your word, the truth of your spirit, so the Son can make us free, and we'll be free indeed. We commit this to you, Father, in the name that is above every name, the mighty, majestic name of Jesus. We commit it to you as done in his name. Amen. And amen. Well, glory to God. Amen. As we get to the end of the ministry for the night, we'll give you an opportunity. If you have any questions or comments about the ministry, we'll just give you an opportunity to ask those questions and make those comments. Area code 310-213-4183. You have the mic. Any questions or comments about the ministry? Area code um, Three one zero one two three one two one three. Excuse me, fourteen eighty three. We have the mic. Any questions? Yes. Um, thank you very much for your ministry. I just want to just uh, tell you that I'm very thankful for your ministry. Thank you for calling to remembrance uh, God's word and for edifying the body of Christ. I've been receiving a lot of of nourishment from your ministry, and I just praise God for it. And then I just have a quick little testimony that uh, uh, during COVID, okay. I did not have um, very much money to give to different ministries, but praise okay. God, the Lord has blessed me financially, and I have been able to um, give to ministry. So I just want to thank you for calling even that to our remembrance that we are to share well, in the things that God has blessed us with. So thank you very much. Pastor Steve, Amen. I love your ministry, and uh, God bless you and your family. Amen. Thank you. I received that. I received that. Thank you for being on the call to, to hear the ministry. Area code uh, 770-964-7501. Uh, you have the mic. Any questions or comment about the ministry tonight? Uh, no questions, but uh, as the lady said, you've been blessed by the ministry, and you brought back... Uh, some some truths that needed to be heard, truths that transform things that yeah. God has promised that sometimes we forget uh, yeah. that we have and we don't walk in the liberty and the power that we're supposed to have. So Come on. Yes. Just yes. hearing those, uh, it kind of set another spark in there, realizing who we <laughs> are in Christ, yes. how we should walk in him, and, and, and especially the part about the forgiveness, uh, thing that you were dealing with earlier, that was really, yeah. really good. Because, uh, yeah. like you said, if you don't forgive somebody, you got to hold them in that cage yeah. of unforgiveness, yeah. and you end up right. stealing from them. And uh, yeah. I thought that was really good. So I, I was blessed by that. Amen. Thank you, thank you, my brother, for being on the ministry. And 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 that's 100% by spirit, because of my notes 
have nothing about that in there. Okay, but I I I, I was just I was pulled uh, by the Spirit of God to go ahead and do that. And yeah, it's it reminded me of stuff. So Amen. Eric code four four five three six seven eight two nine. You have the mic. Any questions or comments about the ministry tonight? Yes, I have a question. I heard you say God resists the proud, but I didn't know if you are you saying anger is is a part of pride. I mean, unforgiveness. Uh, I'm sorry, unforgiveness. Is that a yeah. part of pride? Unforgiveness is a hundred percent part of pride. Hundred percent. Yeah, yeah. Because you that. have a commandment to release them. See, he says that we're supposed to forgive as we're praying. Forgive yeah. if you have all against okay. him. If you don't forgive, yes. then your father will not forgive you. So th- that's a that's no option. See. Okay. So, yes, okay. it's 100% part of sin if you choose not to do that. And the thing that's really uh, true here is that if we have unforgiveness and we recognize it, okay, first of all, mm-hmm. that would be the Lord uh, telling you that the unforgiveness is there because the devil is not yeah. going to bother to tell you you sin it, okay? <laughs> that's just not going right. to happen. He wants you to be separated from God. So that the Holy Spirit is the one allowing you to know that the unforgiveness is there so that you can release mm-hmm. it and repent. He wants to bless you. He's not even mad that the situation that you found yourself in took you to repentance. Mm-hmm. He just wants you to repent. Yes, okay. okay. So, Thank so, you. Yeah. It's definitely pride because what happens in that process is we think that we have a right to our position yeah. that says they hurt me and they have to do something. They don't have to do yeah. nothing. The Bible says that everybody is going to stand before God for their own life. Okay? So if they choose okay. to, yes. to misuse you, they don't have to deal with that. But if you choose to yeah. hold on to it, then you're going to live a whole lot of life that's a whole lot harder because, yes, he resists the pride. But he gives okay. grace. Okay. Come on, to the humble. See, if I was just saying, Lord, I'm sorry, I repent, because every sin that we do is against God. Yes. It's not against the people. I mean, we really need to, we don't wrestle against the Lord. See? So okay. we have Thank to say, Lord, so I need you to wash me. Yeah, you won't. I need you to wash me with your loving kindness and your tender mercy so that I can then enjoy your grace. We're supposed to grow in grace, okay? And he's given us all things richly to enjoy. So if we grow in grace, we'll get to see then. Takes me back to my title. So, amen. Uh, Thank you all for being on the call. And as it usually happens here, it seems that the people that are uh, listening would would jump off the broadcast when I ask them to, to, yes, give a testimony or say the ministry's been a blessing to them. You know, it, this is not a place where I'm going to say, well, you're wrong for thinking that. If you have a position that you don't understand, my job as a, as a teacher, my job as a pastor is to, in the work of the ministry, so that we can perfect the saints. That's what my job is, not to tell you you're wrong and beat you up because you're wrong. Please, y'all wouldn't even want to know the stupid stuff I did and said. If it was not for the grace of God, you'd find me still jacked up. But I decided that I would let God teach me, mold me, and shape me 
so that I can enjoy what he created me for. That's what we're here for. So if this ministry has been a blessing to you, or if it's challenged you to grow in any way, allow God to reveal uh, to you the, the, the thing that would cause him to be able to bless you. And then if he's blessing you, then you have the responsibility to then give to the ministry. I'm not asking for uh, stuff for my benefit. This is so that the plan of God would work in your life. That if I've sowed unto you spiritual things, then you have the responsibility to sow natural things. Because we're only on the on the air through the free will offerings and love offerings of those who are listeners and cyber members of LiveDeliverance.com. And we'd like to thank you for seeking the Lord and then partnering with us so that we can take the gospel to the world. Just go to the website. LiveDeliverance.com, find the donate tab, and sow the seed. Be obedient to God so that he will be able to bless you abundantly. We'd also like to remind you that if you would like to invite your friends or your family members or coworkers to join us where they can listen to and participate in the broadcast every Monday night from 9 to about 1030 so we can all grow in faith and in fellowship of the Spirit right here on LiveDeliverance.com. So uh, until the next time that we gather together, may the Lord bless you and keep you. May the Lord make his face to shine upon you and be gracious unto you. The Lord lift up his confidence upon you and give you his peace. Love y'all. Until the next time, be blessed.